Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richards Cafe, TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes, ATB Painting, and Performance Food Group. Poor Richards Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richards Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. This podcast is also brought to you by TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469-400-7650. That is TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Taylor Raglan and Kendrick Johnson. And gentlemen, it is the final week of the regular season in high school football, and you know what that means, folks. Tiebreakers. That's right. Everybody's favorite ice cream headache at uh, this time of year as we try to figure out what needs to go right for who to get into the playoffs all across all of our districts heading into this final week of the regular season. So the way we're going to approach We're going to go district by district. Any teams that are still fighting for a playoff spot, we will discuss what needs to happen for those, uh, you know, for that to come to fruition this week. So, um, and we're going to do so with a uh, kind of a a throwback to our days back in uh, back in school. We're going to have a fun little fun little game of uh, of playoff fill in the blank. So we're basically going to go and um, outline these various districts and just basically through a series of fill in the blank questions, starting with District Nine Six A. Because hey, Kendrick Taylor, got you guys here. You guys have uh, as well as myself we have we all have teams that are fighting for playoff spots mm-hmm. in that district later on Friday so just to give you all an update as kind of where things are at right now we do know that we have two playoff teams for sure out of district 96a Allen is in um, Prosper is in as well even though Prosper is currently tied record wise with um, with Plano East and Plano Senior there is no tiebreaker scenario out there in which Prosper would be on the outside looking in so Prosper is in um, they still have their seed is um, still up in the air so they've still got plenty to play for on Friday but as far as teams that are still alive and fighting for a playoff spot. Plano East, Plano Senior, and McKinney. Um, all three have a, have something big at stake on Friday. So the simple question is this, guys. The last two playoff teams in 9-6A will belong to fill-in-the-blank. For me, I think it's it's the two Plano schools. Yeah, Plano Senior, Plano East. Kendrick, what was your answer to that? The logic says it's going to be a playoff state. That's how something, something weird is going to happen. And stuff we ain't seen happen is gonna happen. McKinney's gonna be Boyd, which they had done in a decade, mm-hmm. and Prosper's gonna be Plano, and we're gonna have chaos. So you're predicting a McKinney playoff? Just, just off a good feeling. Okay. No, no, no disrespect to Plano Senior. You just saw like, the Wildcats last yeah, Friday too. Yeah, but yeah. but one thing about them is like it's kind of like a lot of people are outside of the program, inside the program. They're focused on what they got to do. That's what they did on Friday night. But mm-hmm. people outside the program, it's like. 
when the other shoe gonna drop. Yeah. So it's another shoe. <laughs> like take. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it's 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 no disrespect. I picked the two PISD schools, but it's no disrespect to McKinney because I think the most likely scenario for me in nine six A is all three win, and then it's yeah. just like, well, sorry, like you, you did what you could, McKinney, but but you just get on the outside looking in, and that would take nothing away from the year that Coach Shavers and no. oh, yeah. had they've had. All. They're they're set up really well for the long haul. Set up for it very well. Them being Boyd would be a constant, as we know. They mm. that's been like a house of horrors for them, and so it's cost out showdown win. Of course, I'll be there. Um, it's uh, you know telling. I've seen two of them, and they've both been very crazy. Mm. Last year, it was literally this much from McKinney winning, McKinney losing, and they lost, but they went to the playoffs. So no telling. But from a program booster, if uh, McKinney wins, they definitely are building and heading in the right direction. Yeah. It's not even just a program thing. It's a school thing. Mm-hmm. Like, with the volleyball team, they have a saying called WAWG, talking about we all we got, and they say WAWN, we all we need. It sounds cliche, yeah. but people are buying into it, and they're getting the results. I'm a results guy. Pops are shaving them. They get yeah. results. I, I, I serve hot dubs and cold L's. <laughs> they been getting some hot dubs. They, um, as far as just the playoff scenarios right now, so Plano and Plano East are a game up on McKinney in the standings. So, it's pretty simple for Plano ISD. Yep. They just have to win and they're in. They control their own destiny, whereas McKinney does need a little bit of help. You know, they do have to beat Boyd, obviously, which would be, I mean, just that alone would that be alone. a massive accomplishment considering, what is it, nine straight years? Nine straight years. Um, so, yeah, they would need that. And then they would mostly, I mean, they would need then Plano to lose to Prosper because they yep. have to they have the head over Plano. Any tiebreaker scenario that's involved with McKinney that's going to work in their favor, it, has, it has to include that Plano game. because I'll that's this question to you. When has Plano won a game that they have to win? In the last couple of years, other than last year's chaos, um, they beat Plano East last year to I get in the playoffs. Like, other than last year's chaos, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like I mean, when, they, when they're favored, they don't play. Well, they've had like they had a chip on their shoulder. Well, theoretically, well, theoretically, to answer that question, they're on a three-game winning streak. Say, they had to win all three of those games to get to get to where they are right now. So yes, yeah. they've been playing in basically must-win territory for a, for quite some yeah, time. They now. hadn't officially eliminated themselves yeah. at all, but starting from you know that Plano East game where they went out and won. You know those those games are have all been you have to win to because you look at the, you look at the scenarios right now. If they had dropped the game to East or Jesuit yep. or Boyd, I mean, think of what they, that would then put them tied with McKinney right now, heading into this final week, and they no longer have control of yep. their destiny. They have had to win out essentially to get to this point. And it's crazy to think that they somehow have run the table almost in this crazy home stretch of theirs, where they did beat East, they did beat Jesuit, they did beat Boyd, and it's still not a guarantee. Yeah. They have to get yeah. one more against Prosper. Yeah, I still don't play more than me. Do you think they run out of gas? Because I know Friday's win was an emotional yeah. win. Yeah. They went. They went Back to old school playing on football, they let Kyron come and lose. They've been, they've been that way for what, yeah. what's your 25 so. guy. Forget his name. I want to leave him out. Tylen Hines. Tylen Hines. Hines. He put yeah. in work too. The quarterback put in work. It's like they're playing so good. It's like can they sustain this? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, so. yeah, I think there's just the confidence. Like, and that's why if you know you guys have laid out your picks, I'm in line with you yeah. too. Just because how can you pick against Plano right now? That might be, if you're just talking quality of play, that's probably the second best team in the district oh, right yeah. now. They've just they've got they're playing in such a they're on such a roll. They've got they, those three wins. I think all three have been by at least 18 points or something. So they're not yeah. only winning, they're rolling over yeah. these teams. And, and if these they would have been playing like this throughout district, there'd be no question yeah. who's the second best team because they wouldn't have slipped up to McKinney. As good as McKinney has played, mm-hmm. I mean, I think McKinney has done a fantastic job, which is why I said I, my most likely 9-6-A scenario is all three of these teams win yeah. and McKinney gets I'm in line with that too because I think but, McKinney is going to be But blooded. it's, it's I mean, that's tough luck, but still, as, as well as McKinney has played and, and Prosper at times, Plano is, is certainly playing like the best team in the district underneath Allen right now. And and it's uh, to your point Kendrick, I think it's sustainable just because it's it's 
it's based on their athletes. It's based on the people that they have, and, and Kyron Cumby and Hines and, and even line. Cody Chris and their line. The line like, playing good. It's a sustainable yeah, it's an way identity. to play football. Yeah. You know, it, it's not counting on you know Oliver Towns or you know the 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 quarterbacks over there having to make fifteen throws that they don't normally make. It's not counting on anything crazy like that. It's counting on you know good solid Plano football. Run the football. Use your athletes. Get in space with Kyron Cumby and, and Hines, and, and it's been working. And I don't see any reason why yeah. Prosper. It's, it's an identity thing with them. Another thing too, I noticed like in the playoffs, if they say that they get in the playoffs, um, if they score first, they can be anybody. It oh, seems yeah. like if they get behind, that's not going to work out for them. We talked about that last week. That during this winning streak, they have not trailed at yeah. all. They did, they, I believe they didn't trail Friday against, against Kenny no, Boyd. Because Kyron Cumbie did Kyron Cumbie oh, yeah. And that's, it was 0-0 in the first quarter, and that man scored three touchdowns mm. in the second quarter and basically checked off the box. Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, when you're a team that prioritizes the run and you're going out there with the anticipation that if the game works in your favor, you should only have to throw the ball 11, 12 times. Yep. Like, yes, you need to playing with a lead, playing with momentum is definitely in, a, in the favor of a of a run based team. And that's the thing. Like, they haven't had to they haven't had to work out of a deficit yet during this during this uh, winning streak. So it'll be interesting to see Friday against Prosper if that does crop up because I think Prosper's like we're kind of discounting Prosper. It almost feels like and yeah, Prosper's a very solid team. That ain't me. Yeah. <laughs> but think, their quarterback's yeah. playing very efficient. Like. I, I know y'all seen him play way more than me. My man threw four touchdowns and he came in with only three. Yeah. Yeah. He was like kind of like Alex Smith. He didn't do nothing flashy. In fact, they I'm still tripping on this. They ran the same play two pass plays in a row and got two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting for Plano because th- their lines are so underwhelming. But that's all they need. Like if if you get offensive two, lines, pretty good. No, 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 no. Their quarterback lines, stat, their, lines. Their stat, stat lines. lines. If you get their two quarterbacks to run out and go. 7 for 10, you know, 8 mm. for 12, something like that. That's almost always good enough for people. Oh, yeah. and, and that's the crazy part, but it's certainly achievable and kind of plays into what it's I was saying. It's the word I, I said it as early as our preview podcast for this district, that efficiency has to yeah. be at the forefront of the play passing game. It's not about it's week. not about volume. It's about efficiency with them. And Matt, Matt would have been proud last week. Mm-hmm. I don't even know um, his stats, but I knew. He had, 100, he had 134 passing, 134 rushing. It's You know you don't see too many games where he's their <laughs> leading rusher, but he does have some mobility to him. He can take off. He's a good straight-line runner. Yeah. Uh, Cole this is and yeah you mentioned four touchdowns I mean yeah it's yeah. if they're getting four passing touchdowns and yeah like it sounds like Kyron Cumbie really did feast on the uh, on the Boyd secondary and uh, no, I said um, no, no, um, I know Kyron Cumbie gets the headlines behind he's a problem he's oh, yeah. gonna be a, oh, he gonna be a oh, problem for the district next year he's, he's, he's Ky- a problem he's Kyron Cumbie except two years younger <laughs> yeah he's a problem so there is a scenario though we've mentioned um, there is a scenario where East you know could miss out on yep. the playoffs it does seem improbable just with how well East has played this season to get to this point but um, if there there is a three-way tie between East, Plano, and McKinney, so that would require Jesuit pulling the upset over Plano East, yep. um, and then Prosper beating Plano, McKinney beating uh, McKinney Boyd, where Plano and McKinney would actually be the two teams that get in, and East would miss out via point differential. Yep. So there is a scenario out there where things, you know, if East is, um, if Jesuit does spring an upset, that East could be in it's some It's one danger. of those weird point differential ones, too, where you say, well, you know, East beat McKinney, so how does that how does that work? But you go with point differential, McKinney gets in, and it's then be- the head-to-head. It's because they lost yeah. so bad to Plano. Yeah, and then the head-to-head, and, and you lost to Plano the way you did, and that's why you get out. Now, it doesn't have anything to do with your game against Plano. All losses don't get rewarded in that six Did you see, you, I know you, you're the obscure stat guy. Like, Adams outscored the, the the whole, like, district, like, 367 points, like, throughout the whole. If you look at the oh, whole. I sure. believe it. You, yeah, just, I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm sure that sounds about right. That's just another another day at the office for Allen, unfortunately, <laughs> for the rest of the 96A. What's the point spread on Thursday? Between them and Plano West, uh... 
I mean, I'd probably pick Allen right now by, you know, in the 40 to 50 range. Man, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that question. It's, it, it's it, again, it's... Well, seeing like, now, you think they're going to be extra amped or, like, well, emotional and start off slow? Um, no. They I, always I think they, kind of start yeah. off a little slow. They all the, seems to matter. I see that, you know, they did have 19 points in the first quarter against, uh, yeah. against Prosper last week. So, yeah, I think there was um, the, emo- the emotions and the motivation of, uh, of a district championship was enough of a character dangle in front of them to where you got, you know, uh, about as... Uh, about as Efficient and effective an Allen team as you got since probably the Plano East game, yeah. but yeah, but that game doesn't have any bearing on the on the playoff scenario. So that's a look at least at what's at stake for uh, for nine six A heading into Friday night. Um, said big games between said Plano East and Jesuit. That game is at Kimbrough, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, Plano hosts Prosper at Clark Stadium. The Crosstown okay. Showdown is out at McKinney ISD Stadium. I expected ten thousand people. Mm-hmm. Should be a big one. <laughs> be a crazy night. So, yes, we will um, obviously be, uh, be tracking all three of those games out, covering them, tweeting out updates, and letting you all know what's going on so we can figure out just who these last two playoff teams are going to be. Um, fun stuff at stake in 9-6-A. So we will have um, – we've got a few more 6-A districts that we want to discuss. We're going to do a quick line change and we're going to pick up in a, just a quick moment. And we're back. We have Justin Thomas and Devin Hassan to help round out our uh, our Class 6A discussion of, uh, of Week 11 and uh, some tiebreaker chaos. We'll play a little playoff fill-in-the-blank as we explore a couple other uh, 6A districts and what needs to go right for a few other teams to get into the postseason. Let's start with your district, Justin. District 66A. So I'm um, just as a quick aside on where that district stands right now. Three of the four playoff teams have been decided. We know for sure that Flower Mound is going to be a, a, they've won the district title. They're going to be the top seed out of Division Two in the playoff start. Louisville in the playoffs for the first time since 07. 07. Nice job to the Farmers. Way to snap oh, ten that. Ten for Flower Mound. So um, ten for Flower Mound. And Louisville would be the uh, they'll be the top seed in Division One. Capel will be the second seed in Division One. So there is still that uh, that second seed in Division Two that is up for grabs. Um, the teams that are still remaining are Marcus and Hebron. So um, for this week, Justin, the question is simple: the last playoff spot in Six Six A will belong to fill in the blank. Hebron. All right. The Hawks need to win and get in. Marcus needs to beat Louisville and have Hebron lose to get in. And Hebron has Irving. Irving has not won a game this season. (laughs) And Irving has not played a game within single digits in district. So, you know, maybe if it was MacArthur Mm -hmm. or or even to some extent Nimitz, I could say, you know, Hebron needs to be, they need to play a good game to pull this one out. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could even be off a little bit, and I don't. I can't see them losing to Irving. I just don't see it happening. So, mm-hmm. sorry, Marcus. Yeah, I know mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of like we what we just discussed with uh, with nine six a, where the most likely scenario could be that Plano East, Plano, and McKinney all win, but just yeah. because of you know just this, yeah. well, somebody's got to get left out. You know, could so could have been crazy if if Hebron would have beat Louisville last week, then you know the Mound Showdown would have been for the final playoffs. Mm-hmm. Thought it would have been a real cool story, and you know. Stakes never higher for for the big rivalry game, but I mean, obviously Marcus still has plenty to play for. You know, Louisville is gonna. Oh yeah, they've got to hold up their end of the deal and still win that yeah, game to even win. have a chance. So yeah, it's but not I like just, they can just, I just go. Just can't see. Hebron losing at home to Irving. Like, is, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> let's go with Tom. Um, let's see Devin over in uh, your Garland ISD district. Now, the four playoff teams are already set out there. Mm-hmm. We do know that it's going to be Saxe and Rowlett in Division One, and then Naaman Forest and Wiley in Division Two. But obviously, uh, you know, what would, we'd expect no difference. Some high stakes for the Saxe Rowlett game on uh, on Friday night. So um, basically, the uh, the winner gets the top seed. Which, if you look at who that first round opponent's going to be for whoever gets the second seed. 
Allen, it's obviously there's something massive at stake in that game. So avoid Allen Bowl. <laughs> the avoid Allen Bowl. So um, <laughs> after Friday night, Devin, the uh, let's see, the top seed in Division One for District Ten Six A will belong to. I have changed my mind in the last thirty minutes ten times. <laughs> um, and these are two of my favorite fan bases, two of the most passionate fan bases mm-hmm. of the teams I cover, and I'm going to alienate one of them with this statement, but uh, the top seed will belong to Saxy. Um, I say that now. I may change my mind in five oh, minutes. Oh, yeah. So we have, um, we've still got four or five days left, so uh, plenty of time. And, and the reason I say that, I think this is going to be another down-to-the-wire game as it was last year that, mm-hmm. that saw Saxy come back and rally for a 42-35 victory, uh, scoring the game-winning uh, touchdown with 31 seconds left. Um, these are two different teams. These are two teams that, you know, have rolled. They, they, this has been, you know, when the schedules came out, they said this game is in week 11. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of pointed at that and said that's, that's going to be for the district championship in the top seed. And it's, it's, it's turned out that way. Um, but I, I'm picking Saxy. I give them the slight edge because I think they just have more playmakers on defense. Mm-hmm. The Rylan defense has been solid all season long. But Saxy just has those kind of playmakers, uh, you know, with Hunter Spears and Clark Yarbrough up front, uh, you know, Bryce Robinson in the middle, you know, Michael Buchanan in the secondary, and Braylon Brooks, especially in the secondary. Uh, Braylon Brooks has eight interceptions mm-hmm. this, se- this season, two, you know, these t- taken back for touchdowns. And I just think that uh, those dynamic guys back there are going to make a game changing play. That, and that's just, in a game that's even, I think that just tips the scale slightly mm-hmm. to the Mustangs. Okay. Over in District 11 uh, 6A, this one's, you know, pretty cut and dry as well. We do know that we have three, four, three of the four playoff teams decided Longview is going to be the top seed in Division 2. It's a shame when we get to see Longview and Allen at any point. Region two, that would be going to be quite a quite the uh, quite the game. You have Rockwall, which will be the top seed in Division One, and then Mesquite. Shout out to the Skeeters in their second year under Jeff Fleener. They will be the second seed in Division One. So there is still that second seed in Division Two up for grabs. Um, it's either going to be what Tyler Lee or Mesquite Horn and. Wouldn't you know it? They play each other on Friday. So. Hey, works out. So there you go, Devin. The, the question is simple. The last playoff spot in 11-6A will belong to? Horn. Um, I've said it all season long. Mm-hmm. Even when they were 0-7, we laughed about it. That's quick. You know, yeah. you know, the, the, they, you know, even at 0-7, they controlled their own destiny. Um, you know, they, they, we, they went to that murderer's row of a schedule, um, including a very top-heavy start to the district slate. Uh, not just that, though. They seem to be riding into form. Um, just when you look at the way they played, uh, they actually were down to Rockwall Heat two weeks ago at halftime, six to nothing. Uh, just kind of shot themselves in the foot. Came back, scored 24 and points in the second half to win that game, 24 to six. And then in what was essentially a playoff elimination game last week against uh, their rivals over at North Mesquite, they went 56 to nothing. You know, their most complete game of the season. Um, and, and so it looks like they're kind of rounding into form as Horn's been known to do. This is a team that's made 10 straight playoff appearances. They save their best for last. They may go to the playoffs sometimes. With a five and five record, mm-hmm. they went in at four and six one year, uh, but they, they hit their stride late in the season, and that seems to be what they're doing um, this this year. Uh, you know, again, they have to go on the road, and it's never easy making that road trip out east to Tyler against a Tyler Lee team that obviously is playing for their own playoff hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I think I think Horn is is the better team. I think Horn gets that final playoff spot. It reminds me of that DeSoto team a few years ago that went 5-5 five and five and then actually almost beat Allen in the second round of the mm-hmm. playoffs. I believe that was like a 42-41 game. So Horn, just based on its pedigree, the record might not look as you know glossy by the end of the season, but still a program that has enough skins on the wall to where once they, if they do get in the end of the dance, they could still make some noise potentially. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's interesting because you, know, you don't know who they're going to match up in the first round. Um, there's been some Talk, you know, uh, it, it, with that twelve six a Temple, um, they play Copper's Cove this week. Well, Temple um, with a win 
they're already in the playoffs. Yeah. If they win, though, they'll be the second seed in Division Two, and they'll have to go to Longview and play. If they lose to Coppers Cove, they go to Division One because Coppers Cove gets in, and then they get to mm. potentially host Mesquite Horn. Three, oh, seven Mesquite okay. Horn. So, do you throw the game <laughs> or not throw it? But how do you how do you handle that? Because you know it's fascinating. You, you want to win, yeah. but your 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 reward is a home date, you know, or a road game at Lobo Stadium, yeah. which is one of the toughest places in the state to play. But if you lose. You know, you have to settle for a home <laughs> it's not game. Not the worst horn. thing, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's hard to say. You yeah, know how horn will match up because that's a obviously a loaded Division Two bracket. Mm-hmm. But you know, as Coach Overton said last week, once you're in, anything can happen. Yeah. So we've got um, we've still got some chaos over at the five A level that we need to hammer out. Um, one of those, uh, probably the district that has the biggest ice cream headache, is the Frisco district. <laughs> yeah. Out of five five A Division One, Brian Murphy will try and make some <laughs> yes. sense of that in a moment. But um, beforehand, though, we want to shift gears to our student athlete spotlight. And speaking of Frisco ISD, uh, we shine it on Frisco. Wakeland this week. The Wolverines kept their playoff hopes alive last week with a big win over Frisco Centennial. Thanks in large part to the play of running back Cade Starnes. Uh, Brian Murphy had a chance to catch up with Cade to talk about his big game and the Wolverines season up to this point and we will see what Cade had to say after a word from this sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, ATD painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, I'm with Wakeland running back Cade Starnes and, and Cade. The playoff picture right now, District 55A, Division One, is a little jumbled up. There's four teams, uh, all three and three records, but y'all had a huge win uh, last week against Centennial. Y'all won 35-17. How important was that win against the Titans? Uh, winning against Centennial basically got us into playoffs as long as we win next week. Now, what was working in that game? You know, because looking at the different games, it's it's been confusing. Y'all have lost to teams that <laughs> might not even make the playoffs, but then y'all, you know, it's been up and down. And, you know, what what has what this journey been like so far in this season? I mean, we've just, we've just been trying to find out how to click as a team together. We've been trying to find the right pieces of... It's uh, kind of hard to explain. Just been gelling together as of late? Yeah. Okay. Now, what was working for you against Cincinnati? You had almost 300 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Would you say that was your biggest game so far here as a varsity member on the team here at Wakefield? Statistically, yes, it's my best game, but the, all the credit goes to my blockers up front, my, my O-line, my fullback, Chance Delashaw, my tight end, Jamar. They've, they've blocked their butt off every game, and I can't thank them enough for that. What was the mentality going, going into that game against Centennial? Was it a must-win, do-or-die type game for you? It, it was a must-win game. We all had to focus up and get ready, because if we lose this game, we're out. Now, so what was the scene like after the game? Oh, we were, we were going crazy. Coach Secor was pulling out his dance moves on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Coach Secor, he has dance moves. I didn't know that that was possible. What, what, what was he busting out? He, he was just going crazy, flailing his arms everywhere. He was, he was just going nuts on the field. Now, so what's, what's the mood like going into this Thursday's game against Liberty? You know, you can look at that game. It can kind of be a trap game. Uh, you know, they're, they're winless in the district. 
you, what, what's the mentality going like? You know, hey, we're not going to overlook these guys because if y'all lose, y'all could be mm -hmm. you know, out of the playoffs. Now, obviously, they are 0-9, but we're not going to take Liberty lightly. They uh. They have, a, they have great coaches, they have great athletes on their team, and uh, they, they play hard against every opponent. We can see it on film, they, they play lights out every game, even if the record doesn't show it, they try and find the little wins in all their losses. Now, so since you guys, Little Elm, Centennial, and Independence, they're all 3-3, three and three. Centennial plays Independence, so that's a big game between them two this weekend. Y'all play Liberty, and then Little Elm play has a tough test against the Colony. So the scenarios to get into the playoffs, a win and y'all are for sure in regardless of those other outcomes? Correct. And then if y'all happen to lose, I don't know, knock on wood, what other scenarios would get y'all into the playoffs? If we lose, we would have to have the Colony beat Little Elm, and that would get us the fourth seed we play Highland Park in the first round. Gotcha, gotcha. And so what, what has this season been like? I know last year you had a lot of time at running back, but going into the season, you know, you were the, you were the guy, full-time starter. What was that preparation like this offseason, knowing that you would be that guy your senior year? Well, obviously we've had, we had some up and downs with people leaving this offseason transferring, so we'd, I'd have to prepare to have a bigger role this year and we've had guys step up we've had linemen step up for guys that have been hurt this season we've had our our new quarterback Dylan Liable step up as he's been getting better every week we've had we've had receivers make great plays we've had everyone on the offense play great you know what, name some other specific guys that have stepped up because you know Rafiti you know mm -hmm. you lost him he's off at Texas mm -hmm. you have Trey Adams playing division one football as well off at Arizona star receiver last year yep so which guys have filled in those roles from division one caliber athletes now, uh, we, we were going to have Mike Callahan, but Mike Callahan unfortunately had a season-ending injury, so we've had Tyler Reichsteiner step up at our right guard position. We've had Jensen Spillum has been amazing filling that left guard spot. Alex Lara filling the left, the left, uh, left tackle. Uh, Tage has been great at center all year. We've had Austin Hurley, who has his improved so much since last year. It, he's just been amazing. Now, lastly, what are the keys to victory? going to be Thursday night uh, against Liberty? We have to play our hardest. We can't take Liberty lightly, lightly at all. That we, if, if we play like I know we can play, we can, we can win easily. I think we can beat anybody in the playoffs if we do that. Thanks again to Cade Starnes for taking the time to chat with Brian for our student-athlete spotlight. Uh, so let's see. Let's just pick right up there with Wakeland and uh, District 55A Division 1 as we continue to explore uh, what needs to happen on Friday with just tiebreakers and all that convoluted mess to, um, to sort out the playoff pictures in our respective football districts. It feels like every year we go through this exercise with Frisco ISD's district and sure enough yeah, we in this season is no different because entering the final week there is, wouldn't you know, a four-way tie for third place in this district. Yeah, Frisco always beats up on on Frisco. Coach uh, Marty Secord at Wakeland, he calls it the Frisco factor and the mm -hmm. Frisco factor is a real thing. I met with him earlier today and you know, we were in his office looking at, you know, his board of the standings and who's played who and this and that and it just I, I, it was just it was just madness. I, I I couldn't read it. It looked like I was reading you know a foreign language. Uh, and I just talked to to little M head coach Kendrick Brown. He kind of explained it a little more to me as well. And I, I think we got this down. You know, okay. So Wakeland, Independence, Centennial, and Little Elm they're all tied at three and three. Mm -hmm. The Colony, they're district champs. They're six and zero. Yep. Lone Star, they're locked in at the two seed at five and one. So. Let me preface this first off before I cut you off. Okay. So, 
and it, it's sticking with how this podcast has been formatted. I'm okay. going to ask you a simple fill-in-the-blank sure. question. The last two playoff spots in District 55A Division One will belong to. Oh man, Wakeland will for sure get one of them. They play Liberty. They're 0 and 9 this year, down year. I just don't see a scenario where Liberty comes close to beating Wakeland. Wakeland is in, depending on those other two, the, the, those other two games, mm-hmm. big games in in District Five Five A Division One this weekend. They're somewhere three and four. We don't know yet, but they're one of those two spots. And you know, anything can happen in a rivalry game. We saw it last year with Little Elm in the Colony. Little Elm beat the Colony. I think this year's the Colony team is just even better. They're just they're just too good. Uh, so, I as unlikely that as that is, I, I don't see Little Elm upsetting the Colony this year. I mean, stranger things have happened. I'm not saying it's totally not going to happen, but if you're making me going pick the, the final two spots right now, which you I are, because you're very <laughs> mean. You're the worst person on the planet. I, I'll go Wakeland and Independence. Okay. And that kind of outlined what needs to happen for that scenario to come to fruition. So, for Wakeland, when they're in, um, Wakeland needs the Colony to win based off seeding because if, regardless of who wins that Independence Centennial game, the winner of that game and Wakeland and assume if Little M wins, yeah. they'd all be tied and have a three-way tie, and Little M would have the upper he- upper hand on that uh, based off point differential. There's a 17-point cap differential or a whatever in in this district. Mm. Uh, Little M would actually be tied with Wakeland, and then the next factor would be head-to-head, and Little M beat uh, Wakeland head-to-head. So Little M would then be the three seed. Wakeland would be the four seed. Um, so yeah, and then if you're Centennial, obviously you have to win. Yeah, and then you want the Colony to lose, or the Colony to beat Little Elm. Uh, and you know, a Wakeland loss wouldn't hurt too. But uh, actually, yeah, yeah, a Wakeland loss would help. Um, and then that would push them to the three seed. Uh, and then if you're Independence, kind of the same deal. Uh, but there's a chance if you're Centennial or Independence and you win, there's a chance you still don't make the playoffs if Wakeland and Little Elm. Both win this weekend as well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> my, Never, head, my head hurts. Yeah. I have no idea what uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> I, think I, I think I blacked out for a good five seconds. <laughs> What a uh, man! Yeah, never, never change Frisco ISD. Never change. What a what a district. Every year, man. Death taxes and Frisco ISD tiebreakers in week eleven. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Let's shift gears. How do we? How do we come back from that? How do we? Yeah. Where, where do you even go from there? We get to go to a district where. It's um, an ender. <laughs> let's try to. Uh, yeah. Let's try to carry on with a look at District Seven Five A Division One over in your neck of the woods, Devin, in a district that uh, we know who the top. Uh, the top two seeds are going to be in the wake of that. Uh, of that crazy John Tyler uh, Poteet <laughs> game last Friday that was decided on a uh, on a hail mary. Uh, John Tyler. Shout out John Tyler. Made made the drive all the way west and. Came away with a W over Poteet. They will be the number one seed out of that district. Uh, Poteet will be the number two seed. So there still begs the question. If I, mean, I believe is McKinney North is in, right? Uh, no, actually, Poteet is not guaranteed. Poteet uh, is not guaranteed. Uh, okay, succeed. interesting. Um, McKinney North um, is three and two, mm-hmm. and Poteet is four and one. And those teams play on Thursday. Okay. So if McKinney North beats them head to head. They move into a tie, and you know Sherman's still in this mix as well. Um, it could be very cut and dry. Um, basically, I, 
rather than getting into a lot of potential uh, craziness, uh, this is pretty much set in terms of the, there's two spots remaining, McKinney North, Sherman, uh, and West Mesquite. West Mesquite has to beat Texarkana, Texas High, which I think they will. But they also need McKinney North to beat Poteet, and they need John Tyler to beat Sherman. Uh, because if these, if those, two, if Poteet beats McKinney mm-hmm. North, then those those three teams end up in a, in a tie. Uh, for third place, but West Mesquite is going to be the odd man out because the way Mesquite ISD districts handle tiebreakers, it's for worst one is eliminated and then the other two go. Mm-hmm. So West Mesquite loses the point differential there, so they'd be out. So that's what they have to have happen is they have to somehow create a tie for fourth with Sherman, who they beat thirty three twenty seven last week, and then they would have the head to head tiebreaker. Any other scenario, Sherman and McKinney North go. Now again, there's still all sorts of craziness that can happen in terms of seeding two through four. Um, you know, Poteet wins, they're, they're the second seed. Mm. But there, there's a potential, you know, if Sherman knocks off John Tyler, McKinney North beats Poteet, that you have a three-way tie for second. And then we get into point differential again, but that's no use getting into that now because Poteet and McKinney North don't play until Thursday, yeah. so we don't know what the points are going to shake out. But uh, a little potential chaos, but it's not it's not Frisco-like no. uh, in any stretch of the imagination. But, uh, yeah, but there are there's still you know plenty at stake this week. So then, but then, I guess for the sake of uh, some fill in the blank, so if we know that John Tyler is the one seed, then the final three playoff spots in this district will belong to? Poteet, uh, McKinney North, and Sherman. Um, I, I, I do think it plays out that they, they finish tied. I think Poteet beats McKinney North mm-hmm. on Thursday uh, to solidify that second spot. I think John Tyler will beat Sherman. Um, and you and I think West Mesquite will beat Texas High, so you will have a three-way tie for third. But again, those points are already settled, and West Mesquite would be out in that scenario. Okay, let's round this out with a look at another seven five A District seven five A Division two, another district where I believe we get some maybe some potential misinformation on who is clinched and who is not. Um, right now, what we do know is that obviously Frisco Reedy has taken care of business on their end; they are going to be the one seed. And we also know that Lovejoy has clinched a playoff spot as well. However, their seed can still fluctuate. Um, we do know that. Uh, the uh, the playoff spots up for grabs will go to either Lake Dallas, Denison, or Frisco. So, um, so Brian, the last two playoff spots in District Seven Five A Division Two. Um, I'll you know what I'll take this one. Oof, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we just gave you a little mouthful with uh, with Five Five A Division One. I think it's going to go to Lake Dallas and Denison. Um, so basically, with um, you know, even though Frisco has a game up. On those two teams in the standings, Frisco is uh, is five and two in that district, and Lake Dallas and Denison are uh, four and three. Um, the way that the matchups align, um, first off, as far as the games go, Frisco plays Lovejoy, you know, which is still playing for a playoff seed. They know that they're in the playoffs, but as far as seeding goes, especially when you look at that first round, um, yeah, you obviously want to mm-hmm. <laughs> get as high as you can. So, um, so yes, Lovejoy has plenty to play for in its season finale against Frisco. You have Lake Dallas versus Lebanon Trail. Lebanon Trail, which is 1-8 and eight on the season, 0-7 in district play. And then um, Denison plays Braswell. That could be a sneaky game. Braswell came close to upsetting Lake Dallas last week. That was just a 21-16 game. So Braswell's had some moments there, so I wouldn't say that as an open and shut case. But um, the way it lines up right now is Lake Dallas will clinch a playoff spot if it beats Lebanon Trail or if Denison loses to Braswell. Um, given Lebanon Trail's uh, trajectory up to this point in the season, um, plus the motivation that Lake Dallas is obviously going to be playing with, I think the Falcons are going to be in. 
And then um, if Denison is able to beat uh, to beat Denton Braswell, then um, they would also need they clinch a playoff spot if they beat Braswell and Lake Dallas loses to Lebanon Trail. But there is a scenario though, however, where you could get a three-way tie. So for Frisco, now obviously Frisco, since they control their own destiny, since with the uh, with the game lead on Lake Dallas and Denison, they just need to beat Lovejoy. Obviously a tall order given that Lovejoy is a pretty quality team and all. But if Frisco wins that game, they got nothing to worry about therein. Um, where things get rocky is if they lose and. And then Lake Dallas and Denison win. Um, so if they uh, if they lose, then you create a three-way tie that way. So what would happen in that scenario is if there's a three-way tie between those three schools, Lake Dallas will be the first team to advance based on point differential. You know, even though they lost to Frisco by 14, they still beat you know Denison by you know by, I believe the max cap for the uh, for the 17-point tiebreaker. Um, and that coupled with Denison's win over Frisco, so um, so Lake Dallas would have the head would have the advantage in uh, in point differential there. And then you boil down to head-to-head between Denison and Frisco. Denison beat Frisco, I believe, 45-20, to 20, something in that neighborhood. So Denison would be the one that gets the last playoff spot. I think that's the most realistic scenario. As far as, like I said, De- Braswell is a very live underdog against Denison, and I wouldn't put it past Frisco to beat Lovejoy either. But if I'm just simply playing the odds, um, that's what I side with in Lake Dallas and Denison, which is a shame because Frisco has had a, had a terrific season. <laughs> you know, all things considered, considering where they came from last season, they got right back to playing Frisco Raccoons football. It's just, you know... A good team's got to get left out in this district. I'm going to go on a, with a hot take here, and I'm going to say Frisco's going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to beat Lovejoy, but you know that Broswell Denison game. I don't think that's a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not you know that's not Wakeland against Liberty over here. That's <laughs> that's a that could be a game. That could be a, you know a, a sneaky game there. And, and how awesome would that be? Yeah. Maybe not awesome, but how crazy would that be if Frisco beat Lovejoy? That would be pretty <laughs> insane. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I, I, I'm I'm going to go with the hot take here that Frisco's going to find a way. To somehow and sneak their way into the playoffs. Because yeah, if Frisco does lose, then you need Denison to have lost Correct. as well, because yeah. Denison has the head-to-head. So any tiebreaker scenario that involves Lovejoy and Denison is not going to work in the Raccoons' favor. It would be just such a shame that if they didn't make the playoffs, you know, after you know they'd finish, you know, five and three in district play, mm-hmm. beat Lake Dallas, and you, you know you were oh that yeah, game. that was great. They looked. It was just it was yeah. good old Frisco Raccoons football. Mm-hmm. Play good defense and run the run the rock yeah. just down their throat with the with the wing tee and the old school style offense. But it, I mean, nonetheless, even if they don't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's such a turnaround yeah. uh, for for the Raccoons. Uh, so yeah, that is a that is somehow us trying to make heads and tails of what is shaping up to be a wild final week in high school football. Hope you're able to keep up with all the uh, all the tiebreakers and all the uh, the potential for chaos this uh, Thursday and Friday. And uh, yeah, sure enough, we will be covering it all throughout the throughout the week to keep you all apprised. And um, hey, folks, that will do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, big thanks to Brian, Devin, Taylor, Justin, Kendrick, everybody who helped chip in on this one. Uh, folks, we'll be back on uh, what Wednesday with another edition as we preview our game of the week. In the meantime, folks, you keep enjoying your week, and we will talk to you all later. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. They deliver more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. Their McKinney office is currently hiring Class A CDL drivers, order selectors, and many other entry and part-time positions. For more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com careers, or you can call 214-491-3130. That is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. 
With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.